0: Hello and welcome to Happy Place, your Monday morning pick-me-up for a happy, contented mind. I'm Fern Cotton and today, well, what a way to end this special season of live shows. We have a little chat with one of the
1: brains at Rituals, Nikki Schilling. When you're in that emotion of that I don't feel worthy or I don't feel loved, then you contract, right? Your heart closes and everything is dark. I go to the beach, but I know people who go cooking or, you know take a bath but know what makes you happy right know where you where your heart always opens as you can hear nikki is not your usual high-flying
0: thought-leading business boss she's lived loved and lost and we cover all of that in our little chat hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot So lovely to see you again. I got to meet you earlier on in the year, which was lovely. And thank you because it's been joyful to work with rituals, especially in collaboration with the Happy Place Festival. You guys helped me create something that was, you know, merely a dream in my head and it turned into a reality. So
1: thank you so much for being part of it. It was such a pleasure and it couldn't have fit better. I you know. know. And, you know, from our end, I mean, what we love is to really, we love two things. One, we love what you do and, you know, everything, how you do it and the the happy story and, and, and how you bring it into everything. And then we love supporting someone in a new venture because mm. that's what we're all about. You know, we're all about besides being this place of you know helping people to eventually become happy in in our way but then if someone has a new venture we're entrepreneurs which was only started 20 years ago and look where we are today and we start every day with like we never want to become a big corporate we would hate that and it's always about okay how can we keep this small and how can we make it you know like like it's a new project Mm. that's That's a a
0: tricky challenge though isn't it that's a tricky challenge to keep the essence of what you guys believe but but you're doing it you're making it happen.
1: Yeah. And more than, you know, we're now we're in a flow. The support we get from people and, you know, the answers and the the reactions we get from our consumers is so good that you're actually on a, you know, we're floating on this cloud now of, of, of happiness, because finally, you know, our story really touches people's hearts. And people really come to our store because it's a safe haven. Because, mm. you know, they really do get their teas there and every time. And we we do the hand massage and the head massages. Oh, <laughs>
0: don't even get me started on those. I had so many at the festival. I was like, maybe I should just pop in <laughs> again and just check how the rituals tent is. And then a little quick head massage, a little meditation. I mean, it was, it felt like a real sanctuary at the festival. And it was so many people were visiting it uh just like take a moment or to take part in some of the workshops that, that we had on at the festival. And um, and it just looked so beautiful. It was like stepping into a little oasis. So, so thank you so much for all of that. I want to talk more about rituals in a moment. But first, um, I'd love to hear firsthand how you kind of ended up where you are today. Because I know you've had quite a journey to get there. So previously, you were working for big brands and I'm imagining in quite a high octane intense uh, industry with a lot of stress and then you hit a wall is it fair to say? Fair to say. So what happened then you just felt like this is too much for me I'm burnt
1: out? What happened is that I indeed had this career everyone was dreaming of and I really enjoyed it I truly thoroughly enjoyed traveling the world and meeting all these amazing people but somewhere really deep inside me I wasn't happy. And I couldn't really put it into words because everyone, when I told someone, everyone was like, what are you talking about? Mm. Look at what you have. But what I realized in hindsight now is I was missing the soul. So the soul for me is, you know, this this true connection to people and this little bit of spirituality in everything that we do. This trust in that there is something bigger. And so when I hit that wall, it was the typical story of three weeks before the marriage. You know, everything was ready. people <laughs> And then we broke up while we were visiting. Um the, domin- the, the the priest, and we realised. But my world collapsed. Yeah, of course. Uh,
0: I had a similar thing. I was engaged years ago, had a wedding venue booked, the whole thing. And then, yeah, you know, shit went down. Shit went down. <laughs> and it was like, this isn't happening. And and I, I imagine you felt, you know, in a similar position of, well, what the hell now? That was my future. That was where I thought my life was going. And then all of a sudden... It's gone. gone. So how did you react
1: to that, to knowing that? Well, the first year was total chaos of like completely lost myself and I did stupid things. And then, and whatever I did, I I wouldn't find, you know, a place where I could reconnect to myself or find answers. And then someone took me, a friend of mine took me onto the yoga mat, into a yoga class. And I had done yoga before when I was living in New York. And on that yoga mat, I finally found the peace and truly I could connect with myself. And It wasn't because it was yoga or it was simply on that mat. I felt like I was coming back to Nikki, whereas before it was in this chaos. I was in my mind. I was hurt. All my emotions were going. All my expectations hadn't been met. And I was completely lost. My, as you say, my, you know, what I was thinking I was going to do when I was 31, all of a sudden didn't happen. And I was nowhere. And on that yoga mat, I felt such a connection And I felt such trust again in, you know, what could be that I, but I I realized I needed a lot of time. So I dedicated 500 hours to that yoga mat and me myself on that yoga mat. So I did a yoga teacher training, just not because I necessarily wanted to teach, but just because I knew this is where I'll find my way. Mm. And a lot of answers, but especially this is my way. And I found connection with people, you know, the heart and people. And I found the meager meaning of life uh, for me. And what it means to work with people who truly, you know, are connected with their heart in whatever they do. Mm. And that difference, and that's what I now, you know, after, it took me a good four or five years, that journey. I, I, at one point got so far that I stopped working and I went traveling for a year and I was 34 and, and promised myself I would do only two things every day, and which was surfing and yoga because...
0: God, I have I have to interject there because that really like hits me anytime anyone talks about simplifying life. I know that's what I need and what I think many people need to go. I don't have to be doing a million things every day to exist or to feel like I'm um, applying myself fully living my best life or whatever. But to pick a couple of simple things that you know, work for you and that slow your life down is so important. Was that for you a decision you knew you had to make or were you just in the flow of of
1: this feels right to me? I've got to go with it. It was always a a dream to take a year off and I never did it because I just sort of slid into my career and it all went well. And then I was like, "This is the moment to fulfill my dream, and finally, I knew what my dream was. You know, I knew what in fact, I knew I wanted to travel, I wanted to do the endless summer. I had watched that movie, and I wanted to do, so for a year, I just went along all the beaches, I traveled from one beach to the next, Wow, like all the different continents and i and I was just curious what would happen if I just did these two things every day, meaning completely connecting to myself, my body, and see where it would take me and where did it you know what
0: was it quite instant that you that you connected on a deeper level with who you were or was there a bit of an inner battle because i would imagine like to me i would love to do that that you know maybe when my kids are older i would love to go off and do a period of time where it wasn't about work or this crazy you know fast paced life that we're all living in But I know that I've pinned so much of my identity to my job and who I think I am. And I am a bit scared to let go of that. And I wonder after working for so many years in a very fast-paced, high-level job that you'd had for years before, how you, I guess, looked at your own identity and if that worried you that you were sort of losing tags you'd previously given yourself.
1: It was frightening. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be really Ooh. honest.
0: My dad almost collapsed. Really? <laughs> it was really like, you're going, what? Yeah. And you've got to battle against that as well. You know, yeah. other people's opinions. Your
1: parents. You oh, know? God. Like, oh my god! You just had this career. And now you, what? You know? But I was so convinced. Uh, I, I mean, deeply. I just started to trust my intuition for the first time. Really going with my intuition. Mm. And then I had understood that concept of flow you know when you don't plan anything and my whole life previously had been planned always so i was just curious to see what would happen if i didn't plan anything and i just did what made me what would nourish my soul and then you know i heard this concept in in yoga and that's what the philosophy is all about is when you're just in flow the most magical things happen to you and you will get exactly what you need in that moment and and don't be misunderstood you know that moment isn't always pretty because sometimes things have to happen to you. This is it. Where that aren't pretty and you're like, you know, frustrations or old emotions get out. But I learned that that's good too. So the highs are good, but the lows are good because then I grow Mm. and I can let go of something that maybe was blocking me before and wasn't allowing me to have the experiences that I actually wanted to have.
0: Mm. Because isn't it funny that we often, if we are sort of, Uh, fantasizing about I want to take a year out or even I'd like to go on a week-long trip somewhere and do nothing, you know, a yoga retreat or not even just going somewhere very peaceful where you have the space to just be rather than constantly projecting and thinking and worrying about the future or worrying about the past. We imagine it's going to be this oasis of, of peace and tranquility and inner peace. But like you say, that also opens up space for stuff to happen and things that you lessons you need to learn realizations you need to have and so often I think we put those kind of those dreams or areas of life on a pedestal like it would be just perfect if I could have a year off work and do this but actually in those moments where there is less distraction and and less obstacles Practically around you, that stuff will arise, things will come up, and that's something that you have to be accepting of.
1: Absolutely, and it that really once you accept that or you feel that, and you, you know, you understand that okay, this might be a a difficult moment, but I'll I'll come out on the other end, and things will be okay, and I actually new doors will open for me. That's yoga off the mat. I learned, you know, on, on the mat, you learn to get into into poses which are really difficult but you learn to breathe through them and actually open up more Mm. and that for me is when I then I'm in life and I have a difficult time then it's almost like okay I'll take another deep breath it's just like in that yoga pose and I know something will open that you know get me to the to a different phase or a different moment or a different Mm. chapter in my life
0: how far into your yoga journey did you did you understand that and start applying it
1: I'm still learning every day right 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 (laughs) It is. It's honestly, it's like learning on the job. Every time you learn something else and you, you just go deeper. I mean, honestly, I I was always waiting for this moment. For, now I got it. And now everything's mm. going to be fine. Until I realized, oh, my God, I'm worried. I, I'm afraid that this is never going to stop. And now I'm like, this is life. Yeah. You know, it doesn't so stop. It doesn't stop yeah. and it's not supposed to stop. Yeah. Because then you're, for me, then you're a Buddha. Then you're yeah, enlightened. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you're so, you know... It's interesting. The highs get higher, the lows get lower, truly. So when I'm in a low, I can go deeper, you know, then I, I feel deeper and the pain is deeper. The emotions are and then I'm like, oh, God, why am I doing this? But at the same time, the highs are getting higher and you know how to connect yourself to yourself. So I think the most important in this whole journey is that you you understand what you need and you take time out. Meaning, you know, quiet time with yourself where you can truly hear your heart and where you can truly connect to your, I call it the soul, but whatever you want to call it with your heart or, you know, with what you're really all about and what you care about and that you can live that, you yeah. know, that you dare to to take that quiet time, that me time. Then it, because often people think, okay, it's me time. Now I have to do yoga. Yeah. But that's not necessarily, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's just breathing. Maybe it's just going to the beach. Maybe it's just sitting somewhere. But what I always say to people, make sure you're alone. Make sure you have time to listen. And we're scared of that
0: because modern life is all about distraction. It's about being on your phone. It's about working excessively or doing whatever you're meant to be doing excessively or socializing all the time. And, And I think all of us feel a nervousness. I'm not nervous to be on my own at all. I actually really enjoy it. But I am often nervous to lose all distraction because I think... Luckily, I really like my job. So I can always have ideas. I can always think of what might be next. I could always work out ways to improve what I'm doing. But there is a fear of even letting that go and just being and sitting. And we've got really out of practice in the modern world because you, it's so easy to be distracted. You know, it wasn't 100 years ago. You know, if you were just sat and you, were, you know, had nothing to do, you'd have to either sit with that and deal with it or I don't know, go out and walk and, and be active. There there were no distractions but it's so easy to do it these days and I think we have that fear. What do you think that fear is based on? Is it that we're scared we won't feel enough? We're scared to look at who we really are? We're scared to actually realise what we really want because then we'll have to do it?
1: You know What is it do you think? If I try to make it really easy there's basically a couple of emotions which are not very nice like i'm not being loved i not i don't feel good enough or i'm not worth it and there's a couple more which are really basic emotions that we all have yeah we're all grown up with it we all get it somewhere in childhood and there's five or six of them and you i promise you everyone has it so yeah. no one's abnormal or should you know that's i think the basic thing to understand we yeah. all have it mm. as soon as you have time by yourself and there's no distraction most of the time you feel them and that's why people are so scared But as soon as you understand everyone has them and you're like you, you're being really honest about, you know, about Mm. your emotions, then we learn to engage with them and we're, you know, they're not quite as scary and they're not quite as big monsters. Mm. So what do you do with that information? If you're having a moment, say
0: you're on the yoga mat or not, and you're having a a bit of you time… And you feel something a bit tricky coming up. How do you personally deal with that? Is it discipline that you know
1: the, the route to go mentally? How does that work for you? I think the most important is that you know where you can... To go to a place or do something that you know you really enjoy. That yeah. really, truly opens up your heart. Because when you're in that emotion of that, you know... You might call it negative emotion right now. I don't feel worthy or I don't feel loved. Then you contract right? Your heart closes and everything is dark. Mm -hmm. So I go to the beach, for example. And but I know people who go cooking or, you know, take a bath, but know what makes you happy, right? Mm -hmm. Know where you where your heart always opens. So I go to the beach. I don't know, it's my place. And that's where, first of all, my heart opens again. And I can, you know, I can feel free. And then I start breathing into it. And I, I learned not anymore to analyze it. Because honestly, you just you just go in loops. Oh, that's what I do. The
0: rumination, it's it can go on for Days, days, hours, days. Oh no, weeks. And you don't end up with a oh. conclusion. You just go, "Oh shit, I still feel the same." I exactly. just thought I've just
1: wasted two days thinking about it. Absolutely, it's and mad. You'll never actually get to a conclusion because yeah. it's it's a feeling from the past, mm. and it's it's not truth. Mm. It's just a feeling, and it's a feeling that has been given to you through a situation from your past. And once you understand, your brain does it to make you feel comfortable. But actually, that's the job of the brain. Yeah. But there is no answer, so that's not going to work. It's so just a habitual thing. It's a we habitual go into. thing, and this is how our brain works. Yeah. But that's why everyone says go meditate because you you stop your brain. Now there's a thousand exercises on how to stop your stop your brain, but what helps me is to simply go to the beach and start breathing, and it gets me automatically out of my brain. It gets me automatically into my own heart. I can free up again, mm. and then I just learn to to feel the feeling, and then just to breathe it out. And do you think being by bi- the sea is actually helping, because you've got that
0: instant perspective of, God, I'm really small, and we're on this big planet, and that
1: that sort of helps you get into that mindset? Well, I found that being in the sea for me is, that's why I'm a surfer. I'm a terrible surfer, but I just love being <laughs> in the water, and I still don't, you know, I'm still not where I should be after that whole year off. But, yeah, But I just love being in the water, mm. and as soon as I'm in the water, I get into the now, because if you're not watching those waves and where the wind comes from and everything you're lost you're going to you know you're going to get into that washing machine thing of the waves so immediately I have to be in the here and now immediately I feel the water, I feel the freshness immediately I, when I surf I do end up one surfing one, I feel this joy and being in that flow with life and then for me everything is healed again basically. Mm. So nature I think is yeah. a big
0: part of it for all of us and it can be harder I guess if you live in a city but finding anywhere that is a green space is so so good for you and I know we, we've touched on it very briefly but meditation became a huge thing for you at this point in your life and you would meditate for an hour a day and it was it was part of your daily practice what did you notice sort of was instantly beneficial after you you started that practice and was it instant or was it sort of accumulation of I've done this many hours of meditating and now I'm
1: I'm calming my brain yeah yeah I really had to find my way mm. it was you know because my my mind goes a, a million miles an hour and I can sit 20 minutes in a meditation and, and still busy with my yeah to-do list. so so basically I do I do meditate every day and since I, ha- I have kids it went from an hour to like five minutes when I'm lucky 10 or 15 mm. so I will go longer if they allow me to but by now my meditations are guided because I know if I'm just silent, I'm not going anywhere. Mm. So I need some someone. So I used to have someone who guides me and now I guide myself through my own meditation, basically. Because my brain needs to be busy with something else.
0: So is that a story that you've kind of, a dialogue that you've written that you will then mentally play over that is calming your body? How, how is it for you?
1: How, does it, how do you do it? I do three things. First, I start the meditation with gratitude. I simply I sit down and I just bring that feeling of something that I'm really, truly grateful for into my Body. And this does two things. On the one hand, I it immediately lets, lets go of all worries because you can't be both worried and grateful at the same time. Mm. So <laughs> you can only be grateful. And what's beautiful, most of the times I find that it's something that happened the day before. So now I also I have I slowly is building the trust that there is always something to be grateful to yeah. always or even if it's you know if you feel like everything is against you but there's always something there's this little conversation or there's this little thing that happens or this moment when all of a sudden the sun peeks through so you can truly you 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 appreciate that little things more so I start with that because then my body is on positive and then I go into. Um, into really bringing energy into my body so it's it's like blue water into Mm -hmm. every cell of my body so i truly see the water going into every cell of my body Mm -hmm. and then it refreshes almost every cell so even if the kids were up all night or whatever i feel like i'm getting fresh energy and i finish it off with visualizing and visualizing i don't do in my mind i do it how do i want something to feel that's about to happen You know, if there is, I had last week I had a really big presentation, so I don't play that presentation in my mind. I only feel how I want to feel while I'm doing it. Mm. So, and I learned that when you do that, that you attract that energy. It's such a good tip for people to learn because um, I think
0: I'm finding my way with that one just organically that I've learned. If I do have, I don't know, a podcast episode to do, or, you know, I've got something scary at work that I've got to do. I will, you know, the night before or just before, try and attract that feeling in of, of what might happen and, and how it might feel. And I've started enjoying playing around with that a little bit more. It's really interesting to hear that you kind of put that into a meditation. I'm I'm going to steal that most definitely. Please do. Please and do it because it's something, you know, I used to meditate like you before I had kids. I wouldn't say religiously, but very often. And I would do long meditations and it would just be me, sap, and I would just get into it when I was in my flat on my own, single. Whereas now I've got two kids, two step kids, and my house is like Piccadilly Circus. It's chaos. There's people coming and going and there's noise and there's loads of food and it's just bonkers. So it is on a practical level more difficult. But I'm going to really, maybe even just before bed, do that because I can see how I would just benefit from it. I know I would. There's no way you can't.
1: And, and honestly, that playfulness is so good you're saying it because that's what it is. It's just try it. should be fun. Should be should be fun. You know, mm. actually, when I was on my world travel, I was single. You know, all my friends had kids were getting married and, you know, I could really, I could have cried around it, but I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to have fun now because I'm going to mm. do whatever I truly enjoy. And then I noticed, obviously, when you travel alone, you meet a lot of people who are alone, right? And and we were all envisioning this perfect person and we did it in our brains so we were just writing lists on what he should look look like and stuff and i noticed i'm not i met a lot of really beautiful surfers mm. but none of them I bet. <laughs> but none of them you know i had no connection with any mm. of them and and then i started flipping it around some coach i met a lot of healers on that journey and he, and he taught taught me visualizing actually with pictures and um and then all of a sudden, I started. From then on, I promise you, I've visualized my husband. I've visualized my job that I'm currently in because this job is not existing. What I'm doing, you know, it wasn't existing. I thought, how am I gonna, ever going to find what I really, truly need? And all of a sudden, it was there. It was total coincidence. I visualized the house I'm going to live in now. My kids, even you know, two boys. I don't know. It all came from the heart. You manifested it. Exact manifestation. You can call it. Yeah. yeah. So it's fun. It's, it's fun. fun. And sometimes it's really scary because you're yeah. in situations where you think how am I ever going to get out of here? Yeah. And sometimes when you sit there and visualize then, or you, when you try to visualize that feeling you want and all other stuff is coming up, your yeah. fear is coming up and, yeah. and your fear of this is not going to work. And, but that's actually exactly what needs to happen because otherwise you take that fear into the situation. But mm. if you just stick with it a little bit and you just sit there for a little longer, you'll see it'll transform into, it'll change. Yeah. Because you've, you've acknowledged that fear that you're actually scared mm. And then and then it'll transform into either vulnerability of like, you know, I've never done this before, but let's see. Yeah. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: And how did you get to a place where... Because, you know, you were in a very free space, traveling and learning something that you loved and and feeling different to how you'd previously felt. How did you get the clarity of what you wanted the future to be like? Because I know I've certainly felt in the past, right, I know that I'm at times good at manifesting stuff because I I am so enthusiastic. You know, I'm sometimes like a really giddy puppy dog. I'm so overly excited by so many things in life. And I've always been like that. It's in my nature. And therefore, I will create a bit of energy and a momentum. But sometimes I don't even know what that thing is that I'm wanting, looking towards, wanting change in my life, I think, I don't even know anymore. I'm so confused. I'm so bogged down. I don't know what I want that change to be. So how would you sort of say, what's the best method to get that clarity, to know what you want the future to look like and what is going to serve you
1: best? There's only one way to do it, I believe. Make it really small. Yeah. Make it super small. You know, if it's just break, you know, look at, okay, what is all these things happening, but what is it that I really, you know... What would make me feel so happy? Yeah. And for me at that moment, obviously, it was finding a partner. So I was just imagining, what would I feel like if I had him? Mm. So it goes back to the feeling rather than he's going to have these shoes and that haircut. It's how am I going to feel? Exactly. How am I going to feel when I have him? Mm. And then you'll see, I don't know, at least for me, that's, you know, I sat there and I was all loads of confusing emotions. And it really took me certainly three, four months to actually settle in that feeling of how I want to feel With my partner Mm. I want to feel Not him Not the situation Not what it's going to look like And what are we going to do Mm. Where are we going to live No it's like How do I just want to feel Next to him And, And sometimes it takes You know half a year And the truth is Do it every day Yeah Just a minute but get that feeling in every day because it really, mm. then you start manifesting. I love that because you can apply that
0: to so many areas yeah. of life, how you want to feel in your friendships, how you want to feel at work, how you want to feel when you're on your own, yeah. how you want to feel about the future. Like it's, it's a nice thing to focus on the feeling rather than the having, I have to have this, I have to have this job title, I have to have this type of partner, I have to have this sort of lifestyle. Like, how do you want to feel? It's so important and get so neglected that is so weird that we just neglect the most, the core part of exactly. what the result is. Yeah. And and you've you've worked with that and you've manifested it and now you're in it. So, so let's go back. So you were having this year where you were having an extraordinary time and learning lots about yourself with stuff coming up and you were manifesting, you're visualising. You knew you wanted a particular type of job that obviously felt more nourishing to you and made you feel alive and like you were... Doing some good and helping. How did you turn that dream and that want of a feeling into being at rituals and having the role that you do now?
1: The funny thing is, when you visualize and when you just visualize a feeling, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, right. You have to be really no guarantees. No guarantees. Like actually, because I'm German, we decided we had two children, and we thought, why don't we just go back to Germany? And our vision in our heads was, we go back to Germany, and because the parents are there and everything. And then while I was applying for jobs and having conversations, I get the phone call from Rituals. So our minds were already renting a house in Germany. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Staying in Hollywood. Plot twist. Yeah, Yeah, plot twist. Mm. So this is where the universe, I believe then, in you know, that's flow for me. You actually don't know what's going to happen. So you have to have that openness. So let go of... I had to let go of any expectations. Yeah. Like the house I'm going to live in, the area, you know. Actually, I had to find out that completely different things make me happy compared to what I thought would make me happy. Yeah. Because when you only stick to the feeling always, this is how I want to feel, it'll come to you, but you have no clue how. Yeah. Or what it's going to be. Like you've put that out there, so you have to honour
0: it. You have to go with it. Wow. And how have you over the years felt about signs? Like things you might visually see, dreams you have, numbers you see relentlessly, little signs that crop up. Have you experienced
1: that and have you followed that? I guess I follow more my my feelings in that sense because I I so, you know, when then all of a sudden I'm in a situation and I feel like, wow, actually
0: this feels really good. Yeah. You go with that good
1: feeling. Exactly. Yeah. And it sounds obvious to say
0: that, but my God, how many times in even a day do most humans Go with the thing that actually makes them feel terrible yeah. because of self-sabotage, because of self-loathing, because of a lack of confidence. They know that doing this is going to make them feel good, but we all go for the other option, for more suffering. Like it's a bizarre concept and it sounds simple to go, go what makes you feel good, but it can be the opposite to how we've habitually trained ourselves to live. It's such a a weird cultural concept that we've got into like you must suffer or you must go through something really tough and hard or you know or you go down the route of I don't know something negative like gossiping about other people even though you know it's going to make you feel like shit or eating bad food even though you know it's going to make you
1: feel like shit we go for the the bad option it's funny yeah it's weird and it's it's kind of how life it's very cultural is what you said it's you know this is what we're expected to do and Mm. this is what everybody does and it There's something so difficult about not doing what everybody does. Yes. You know, of not wearing what everyone does or not doing, not drink. I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah, being a nonconformist. Being a nonconformist. Then you're a nonconformist, whereas actually what you do is you just do what makes you happy. Yeah, be you. Be you. Mm. And whatever you, and then you know better than I do what happens, people... Have an opinion about that. Yeah. You know, tell you about it. Then you've got to cancel that out and stick to your gut. That's
0: hard. Because there's the bit about doing it, but then when you've got exterior noise, you've still got to go, no, no, I know that person's saying this, but my gut is saying, stick with it. That's. That's a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one.
1: That's really tough. And, you know, you have it in the public eye. Mm. But even if it's just one friend who's saying it. It's still hard. It's still really hard. Or it's your mom or it's your brother. And, you know, the people you do care about. Yeah. And and I really had to go learn this because Mm. I'm the the third of three children. And I was just always happy dappy tapping along. And all of a sudden I realized, no, actually, there's other things that make me happy. But I found it really difficult to do that and to say it. And that's why it's a lifelong journey. It's, yeah. um It'll, you know, I, I've given up the thought. <laughs> and then you have these moments of r- real happiness. I mean, Sunday I had a day just with my boys and my husband at the beach. It was so simple. We just had a picnic and we were heavenly. just... And it's heavenly. That makes mm. me happy, you know, yeah. and I don't need much. And everyone just needs... And maybe it is the luxury and the, you know, and the friends and everything that makes people happy. As long as you know what it is for you. Yeah. Don't just go with what everyone's telling you
0: will make you happy. happy. How have you applied all of these lessons learned to your job at rituals? How have you managed to start this new role and apply
1: and and keep feeling intuitive about your work? I think the most important is always to go back what why we are here and why what is the purpose of rituals? In essence is to make people enjoy the little things in life, which results in helping people to be happy mm. right and we do it in our way so we want to have that little you know spark in you that you notice oh that perfume or that's that design or this candle actually when i smell it there's a just a little bit of peace in me yeah. there's this little bit of calmness or drinking that tea actually helps me to just be in the moment for a second mm. and we our role is i believe is just to to have these ignitions yeah for they're reminders The reminders they? Yeah. and uh, reminding that yeah we all have so much to do every day and you know and they're all routines but what if you can just have a couple of these routines and make them a bit of a ritual again and make it and a ritual is actually something to make you slow down just for a second to really be in the moment because we know and every you know that's where every philosophy whether it's yoga or science I mean, the truth is only by being really in that moment, you are truly, can you be truly happy. If you live in the future, you can be excited about the future. If you're in the past, most of the time you're dwelling in the past. So these two will never have that true happiness.
0: Mm, it's um, It's been really interesting because since I've been working with you guys, I've sort of thought about the notion of having rituals a lot more and... I've actually sort of started to think about a couple of the things that were probably more mundane in my life as rituals. So, one of my, well, two of my non negotiable rituals now are having my morning coffee. Like, there could literally be, like, my house could be falling around my body, but I would still have to make that cup of coffee. It's, it is a non movable event. I need to make it the way I want to make it. No one else is making it for me. I'm not having that. It has to have the right amount of oat milk. It has to have a little bit of honey. It has to have the right amount of coffee in it. It's exactly how I like it. And I really enjoy every bit of it. And I enjoy every sip of it. And it's just my little moment. And no one is touching that. And then the same with at bedtime... Obviously, because I'm a bad sleeper, I've got all these little things that I used to, they used to annoy me, like these idiosyncrasies that I'd think, God, I'm so weird. This is so annoying. And I think, no, this is my little way of preparing for the move into sleep. And it's, you know, my little eye mask that I have to wear. And it's lots of magnesium spray. Sometimes it is a little scented candle. It's earplugs. And actually now this is my little ritual to go to sleep. And I think it actually helps you transform moments into something a bit more unique and to celebrate I guess ceremony again because we've lost ceremony in the modern world everything's all quick just get it done and that's it whereas wait where's the ceremony around things it's so nice to think of things in that way
1: absolutely celebrate those moments Mm. and 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 you know what it does it gives you that comfort yeah of like truly oh this feels good yeah because at the end of the day it's about making you feel good right mm. that you're out of come out of the hectic and yeah. you can wind down for sleep and whatever you need for it it's totally up to you so i think we want to inspire people to find those routines again yeah. and we do it through our products because we believe by smell by touch by you know by applying the senses whether it is a beautiful shower foam or body cream on your skin where you just feel this oh that feels so yeah, good yeah take the
0: time to feel your body because again exactly we don't-
1: you know we're all in the head,
0: aren't we? You know what am I going to do? What's this person thinking yeah. of me? But actually, to have a bit of physical inventory. Oh, how does that feel when I put that on? Or you know, it's they're important things that I guess go amiss in everyday life. And it's nice that that you have those reminders. What are your non-negotiable rituals in your day? What do you have to do to know that you're going to lock into feeling okay?
1: Yeah. I've got three. Okay. My first one is that little meditation in the morning that yeah. I told you about. That's the... Pri- I mean, if everything else fails, this one has to happen. Yes. And my kids know. Mommy's meditating. They roll their eyes and they go.
0: <laughs> and- but they'll do it one
1: day. Yeah. and prob- They'll hopefully- do it one day. They'll go, Mommy used to do this thing. I think I'm going to try it. They will do it. Oh, yeah. I really hope so, but I don't yeah, want to yeah, force yeah. anything on them. The second one is after lunch, a quick walk. And let it be just five minutes. Nice. Without my phone where I force myself to look at the trees and see the beauty in things mm. because I run from one meeting to the next you know during a work work yeah. day and and I'm on and you know and and I, we see things we decide and then you have to take a moment out of like just whoosh, go yeah. back and see the beauty in things and just come back to this moment so I do that always at lunchtime and then in the evening I used to be a really terrible sleeper and I learned I have to switch off my phone an hour before I go to yes, sleep yes I do the same There's, no way. Because otherwise, yeah. you know, the phone actually, every brain is addicted to the phone, phone full stop. It's not particular people. It's yeah. all of our brains. Mm. So it will keep producing adrenaline if you on the phone. So if I switch it off an hour before, my, my body has the time to to wind down and then i do the same like you (laughs) i actually um, i have scents because also your body when it smells a particular scent it knows oh i can now Mm. relax and then i do one yoga exercise um which i'll show you later just bending forward um because just relaxes me immensely so i have a whole wind down ritual so that i can go to bed Mm, because it all i learned that sleeping is a reflection of your day Yes, this is what I'm understanding more and more. If I have a bad night's sleep,
0: I think it's because I'm worrying about the next day, but it's not. It's something I haven't processed from the day I've
1: just lived. Yeah, it can very well be. Mm. Because we, um, you know, and if you go, 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 go during one day, how do you, you know, someone asked me, how do you expect your body to totally relax in a second and then have a sound sleep? If you go, go, go,
0: go, go. Like my husband, he just goes... (sighs) After like a second of being in bed. I mean, he can do it. He is the anomaly. He's just like,
1: bye-bye day. I'm off. I'm not one of those people. No. So that's my other ritual. And I have to say, that's probably the one I'm worst at. Right. Because I love the silence in evenings when I finally have me time and everyone is gone and there's silence in the house. And then I just get into my groove and I do things. And, you know, so for me, it's really hard. That ritual, I have to say... I'm still optimizing because I really that one is a tough one for me because otherwise it gets too late too. So Mm. there, I don't have enough time in my day. Yeah, but the morning and the lunch one are are a uh, must. Mm. And
0: then looking at the um, product ranges, you've got you've got differing rituals like the ritual of Tao, which is my favorite scent, obsessed Haman Happy Buddha. All these different rituals. What is the sort of meaning behind them, and what do you want people to take from
1: that? We want to inspire people. That's why we have different rituals, because everything does something different. So Dao, your favorite one, is about really finding peace in everyday life. Mm. Um, that's probably be- why I'm attracted to it. A bit <laughs> exactly. <laughs> your body intuitively chooses yeah, what yeah, you need. Yeah, that one. <laughs> so that's why the perfume is, is more neutral. Oh, it's more calming. It's more it. cocooning. Yeah. Right. So we really play in on, on what everyone needs. So that one is all about finding your balance in yeah. your life. And then we have, for example, Sakura, which is all about enjoying every day as a new beginning. Because we want to inspire people again. Oh, Jesus, you know, be glad your life, and you have a new opportunity and every day is a new beginning. Just that realization and the inspiration from that is the sakura, which is the cherry blossom, which only happens two weeks per year. And you never know when it, you know, you kind of know when it happens, but you never know whether it happens. And so it's this beauty in every day when it actually happens. And we want, you know, we would like to inspire people to have that every day. And a happy Buddha is that energizing ritual because some people... You know, we all know these days when we feel... Yeah. Zero I had energy. one yesterday. I was just a walking zombie. like, And
0: I'm not normally like that, but it hit me. It just happens.
1: Yeah. So that's just perking you up. Bit perking of energy. you up. So we always combine the perfume. So the perfume is perking you up in that case... We, the actual products are related to that, so that you know, you have a you have a dry body oil so just you can nourish yourself, but then at the same time it gives you that little boost mm. or the tea just gives you a little extra kick. So all the products and also the names of it. So we really try to make it a whole story. Yeah. Every product is actually a story which relates to what it can do for you so, so lovely, your
0: job also focuses very much on sustainability, so what are your you know everybody's talking about sustainability mm. these days and how we approach the purchasing of everyday products what we're buying how we're buying it Mm. how how are you looking to the future and creating or continuing a brand that has sustainability ingrained in in the ethos of what it stands for
1: yeah so we have very um, ambitious targets on on sustainability we want to make sure that actually in four years' time, every one of our products is either refillable or recyclable. So we're not creating any waste. Mm. We've taken a long time to define our strategy because everyone wants to do something which is really positive. But I noticed very fast that not everything is actually better for the planet. So actually moving from virgin plastics to sugarcane is not always better because then we have an issue on the sugarcanes. You know, the transport from Brazil to come here, sometimes um, there's more CO2 emission than if we were producing here. So you have to look at everything very scientifically so we did a life cycle analysis on every single one of our product which means we look at where do the ingredients come from where does the packaging come from how big is the transport what happens when you use it and what happens when you waste it so when Mm. it goes it's not just the
0: material used it's such a bigger story that we're Not looking at a thing, you know, we all know plastic is not great because it's highly publicized
1: right now. But actually understanding the journey and the root of that is is key. Exactly. So you have to understand what's the journey and how can I and and where is the problem in the journey and how can I fix that problem and how can I make that Mm. more sustainable? I give you an example. You know, the whole paper and plastic bag discussion you know, where everyone thinks paper is better. In fact, we did a life cycle analysis because we obviously have bags. Both are just as bad. Really, Plastic is better because it will have a longer life, but it's only better if you use it again and again and again. Yeah, don't put it in the bin. Exactly. Mm. So you have to understand how... It's not only plastic paper. That That's actually not the discussion. It's how you use it, when you waste it, because then paper doesn't last as long as plastic, right? Mm. If you use it again and again and again, paper will go, will break faster yeah. than plastic. So it's all about... Knowing how to use things. So the refill, the reuse, actually the best is obviously not any bags at all and you bring your own bag. Yeah, it wouldn't be an issue. So that's where, where we're going. We really want to be circular so that everything we produce will be either reused, not wasted. And we apply the same thing for our manufacturing. We have a lot of suppliers which are thankfully 90% all based in Europe. So our... Transport ways are super short because we're not, you know, there's a few things we have to get from Asia because they can't be produced in Europe. We're very transparent about that. But even in Asia, the sustainability standards are really high and you transport by boat. But nevertheless, we have 90 percent here in Europe. And so and obviously quality standards are higher. So we work with all of our suppliers to every year reduce CO2 waste water emissions and then really get to a level we want to become a b corp a certified b corp which is a company which is in every single one of our practices not only production but how you treat your employees how you where you source your ingredients so every single aspect how we work in our stores in a way that is you know sustainable and i think sustainable is the key word it's not about being 100 percent natural because did you know if we were 100 percent natural it's actually not sustainable mm. you know some of the resources in the world if we all went natural it's not enough. Yeah. So then yeah. we deplete something else. So you have to really always look so at... So complicated. It's so it? complicated. God, balance. Exactly. It's just mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. You know, I had two years to dig into this with a lot of expertise and a lot of people to talk about. As a consumer, it's impossible to understand mm. what is going on at the moment because there's also so much greenwashing. You know, animal testing, for example. The first question everyone asks me, are you testing on animals? Did you realize... In Europe, it's not allowed to test on animals. Yeah. It's actually not yeah. allowed. It's only Asia right? or China. They it's still China do and it. Yeah. America, but we are all part of alliances which are really yeah. helping that this is, can stop. But isn't it interesting how everyone thinks in Europe that testing on animals is, is a thing, yeah. whereas no brand is allowed to, but brands are marketing on it. Mm. So there's a lot of brands who are saying, we're not testing on animals. It's like, we're not walking over red. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You yeah. can't, yeah. Well, you can't of course do you're, it. You can't actually... Yeah do it so we've never advertised on it because we're like huh? why should we it's not yeah. allowed well now we're starting to because the consumers they want to know every detail of it they want to yeah? know every detail yeah. but i think the transparency also as brands to give is really important well it helps people make a good choice doesn't yeah. it they feel
0: empowered that they made the decision based on fact rather than some sort of advertising ploy to get people to buy it it's like no these are our rules and this is our ethos you know this is what we are and people then can make that decision with clarity i guess yeah i could sit and talk to you about life all day because i i feel really inspired by your story and i really love just to sort of sit and hear about what you learned during that time for yourself and now how you're you know helping others have that realization and you're and you're teaching it in that way so um thank you it's been so lovely chatting to you today You know what? I do blim in love having an epiphany on Mike. And Nikki has delivered two to three there, I would say. I hope you got as much out of that as I did. I truly loved that conversation. Thank you, Nikki. Go forth and spread the word about what Nikki's doing and indeed what rituals are up to. I'll be back very soon, really soon actually, with more happy place. And let me tell you. I am so excited about the next series. I wish I could tell you stuff, but I'm going to keep it a secret. In the short time that we're away, please do tell your friends about the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let's spread the love and the epiphanies. Thanks again to Brilliant Nikki, to the producers Matt Hill and Sarah Miles at Rethink Audio, and to you lot for listening. Thank you so much, and I'll see you soon.